ది ఉపనిషత్స్ ట్రాన్స్లేటెడ్ బై స్వామి పరమానంద ఆఫ్ రామకృష్ణ ఆశ్రమ పబ్లిష్డ్ బై రామకృష్ణ ఆశ్రమ ఆఫ్ యుఎస్ఏ ఓం శ్రీ గురుభ్యో నమహ హరి ఓం శ్రీ గణేశాయ నమహ డాక్టర్ కృష్ణమూర్తి శాస్త్రి దంబే పునచ కర్ణాటక ఇండియా సో హియర్ ద ఇంట్రొడక్షన్ ఆర్ ప్రీఫేస్ టు ది ఉపనిషత్స్ ట్రాన్స్లేషన్ బై స్వామి పరమానంద ది ఉపనిషత్స్ రెప్రజెంట్ ది లోఫ్టియస్ట్ హైట్స్ ఆఫ్ ఏన్షియంట్ ఇండో ఆర్యన్ థాట్ అండ్ కల్చర్ దే ఫామ్ ది విజ్డమ్ పోర్షన్ ఆర్ జ్ఞానకాండ ఆఫ్ ది వేదాస్ యాజ్ కాంట్రాస్టెడ్ విత్ ది కర్మకాండ ఆర్ సాక్రిఫైషియల్ పోర్షన్ ఇన్ ఈచ్ ఆఫ్ ది ఫోర్ గ్రేట్ వేదాస్ నోన్ యాజ్ రిక్ యజుర్ సామా అండ్ అథర్వా దెర్ ఈస్ ఎ లార్జ్ పోర్షన్ విచ్ డీల్స్ ప్రిడామినెంట్లీ విత్ రిచువల్స్ అండ్ సెరమోనియల్స్ and which has for its aim to show man how by the path of right action he may prepare himself for higher attainment attainment following this in each veda is another portion called the upanishad which deals wholly with the essentials of philosophic discrimination and ultimate spiritual vision for this reason the upanishads are known as the vedanta that is the end of end or final goal of wisdom Veda, Wisdom, Anta, End The name Upanishad has been variously interpreted. Many claim that it is a compound Sanskrit word Upanishad signifying sitting at the feet or in the presence of a teacher while according to other authorities it means to shatter or to destroy the fetters of ignorance. Whatever may have been the technical reason for selecting this name it was chosen undoubtedly to give a picture of aspiring seekers approaching some wise in the seclusion of an himalayan forest in order to learn of him the profoundest truths regarding the cosmic universe and god because these teachings were usually given in the stillness of some distant retreat where the noises of the world could not disturb the tranquility of the contemplative life they are known as known also as aranyakas forest books another reason for this name may be found in the fact that they were intended especially for the vanaprasthas those who having fulfilled all their duties in the world had retired to the forest to devote themselves to spiritual study the form which the teaching naturally assumed was that of dialogue a form later adopted by plato and other greek philosophers as not nothing was written and all instruction was transmitted orally the upanishads are called shrutis what is heard the term was also used in the sense of revealed the upanishads being regarded as direct revelations of god while the smritis minor scriptures recorded through memory were traditional works of purely human origin it is a significant fact that now nowhere in the upanishads is mention made of any author or recorder no date for the origin of the upanishads can be fixed because the written text does not limit their antiquity the word shruti makes that clear to us the teaching probably existed ages before it was set down in any written form the text itself bears evidence of this because not infrequently 
in a dialogue between teacher and disciple the teacher quotes from earlier scriptures now unknown to us as professor max muller states in his lecture lectures on the vedanta philosophy one feels certain that be, behind all these lightning flashes of religious and philosophic thought there is a distant past a dark background of which we shall never know the beginning some scholars place the vedic period as far back as 4000 or 5000 bc others from 2000 to 1400 bc before christ but even the most conservative admit that it antedates by several centuries at least the buddhistic period which begins in the 6th century before christ the value of the upanishads however does not rest upon their antiquity but upon the vital message by uh, they contain for all times and all peoples there is nothing peculiarly racial or local in them the ennobling lessons of these scriptures are as practical for the modern world as they were for the indo-aryans of the earliest vedic age their teachings are summed up in two mahavakyam or great sayings tat tvam asi that thou art and aham brahmasmi i am brahman This oneness of soul and god lies at the very root of all vedic thought and it is this dominant ideal of the unity of all life and oneness of truth which makes the study of the upanishads especially beneficial at the present moment one of the most eminent european uh, one of the most eminent of european orientalists writes if we fix our attention upon it this fundamental dogma of the vedanta system in its philosophical simplicity as the identity of god and the soul the brahman and the atman it will be found to possess a significance teaching a significance reaching far beyond the upanishads their time and country nay we claim for it an inestimable value for the whole race of mankind whatever new and unwanted paths the philosophy of the future may strike out this principle will remain permanently unshaken and from it no deviation can possibly take place if ever a general solution is reached of the great riddle the key can only be found where alone the secret of nature lies upon to us from within that is to say in our innermost self it was here that for the first time the original thinkers of the upanishads to their immortal honor found it The first introduction of the Upanishads to the western world was through a translation into Persian made in the 17th century more than a century later the distinguished french scholar Anquetil Duperon brought a copy of manuscript manuscript from Persia to France and translated it into french and latin publishing only the latin text despite the distortions which must have resulted from transmission through two alien languages the light of the thought still shone with such brightness that it drew uh, drew from scopenhauer the fervent words how entirely does the opnekhat upanishad breathe throughout the holy spirit of the vedas how is everyone who by a diligent study of its persian latin has become familiar with that incomparable book stirred by that spirit to the very depth of his soul from every every sentence deep original and sublime thoughts arise and the whole is pervaded by a high and holy and earnest spirit again he says the access to the vedas by means of the upanishads is in my eyes the greatest privilege which this still young century 
1818 may claim before all previous centuries this testimony is borne out by the thoughtful american scholar thoreau he uh, who writes what extracts from the vedas i have read fall red fall on me like the light of a higher and purer luminary which describes a loftier course through a purer stratum free from particulars simple universal the first english translation was made by a learned hindu raja ram mohan roy in uh, was present from 1775 to 1833 Since that time there have been various European translations French German Italian and English but a mere translation however accurate and sympathetic is not sufficient to make the Upanishads accessible to the occidental mind Professor Max Muller after a lifetime of arduous labor in this field frankly confesses modern words are round ancient words are square and we may also we may as well hope to solve the quadrature of the circle as to express adequately the ancient thought of the Vedas in modern English without a commentary it is practically impossible to understand either the spirit or the meaning of the Upanishads they were never designed as popular scriptures they grew up essentially as textbooks of god knowledge and self knowledge and like all textbooks they need interpretation being transmitted orally from teacher to disciple the style was necessarily extremely condensed and in the form of aphorisms the language also was often metaphorical and obscure at if one has the perseverance to penetrate beneath these mere surface difficulties one is repaid a hundredfold for these ancient secret books sacred books contain the most precious gems of spiritual thought every upanishad begins with a peace chant shanti patha to create the proper atmosphere of purity and serenity to study about god the whole nature must be prepared so unitedly uh, united land with loving hearts teacher and disciples prayed to the supreme being for his grace and protection it is not possible to comprehend the subtle problems of life unless the thought is tranquil and the energy concentrated until our mind is withdrawn from the varied distractions of and agitations of worldly affairs we cannot enter into the spirit of higher religious study no study is of avail so long as our inner being is not attuned we must hold a peaceful attitude towards all living being, living things and if it is lacking we must strive fervently to cultivate it through suggestion by chanting or repeating some holy text the same lesson is taught by jesus the christ when he says if thou bring the uh, thy gift to the altar and that remembers that uh, thy brother hath ought against thee leave there they gift before the altar and go thy way first be reconciled to thy brother and then come and offer thy gift bearing this lofty ideal of peace in our minds let us try to make our hearts free from prejudice doubt and intolerance so that from these sacred writings we may draw an abundance inspiration love and wisdom swami paramananda so this is introductory part to the upanishads translated by swami paramananda next isha upanishad this upanishads derive this, uh, this upanishad derives its little uh, its title from the opening words isha vasya god covered the use of isha or lord 
a more personal name of the supreme being than brahman atman or self the names usually found in the upanishads constitutes one of its peculiarities it forms the closing chapter of the ayurveda known as shukla or white oneness of the soul and god and the value of both faith and works as means of ultimate attainment are the leading themes of the upanishad the general teaching of the upanishads is that works alone even the highest can bring only temporary happiness and must inevitably bind a man unless through them he gains knowledge of his real self to help him acquire this knowledge is the aim of this and all upanishads so isha upanishad peace chant om that the invisible absolute is whole whole is this the visible phenomenal from the invisible whole comes forth the visible whole though the visible whole has come out from that invisible whole yet the whole remains unaltered om peace om peace om peace the indefinite term that is used in the upanishads to designate the invisible absolute because no word or name can fully define it a finite object like a table or a tree can be defined but god who is infinite and unbounded cannot be expressed by finite language therefore the rishis or divine seers desires not to limit the unlimited choose the def- indefinite term that to designate the absolute tat in the light of the true wisdom the phenomenal and the absolute are inseparable all existence is in the absolute and whatever exists must exist in it hence all manifestation is merely a modification of one supreme whole and neither increases nor diminishes it the whole where therefore remains unaltered so this is the introductory portion next uh, we will see in the next session introductory portion of the uh, swami paramananda's translation Uh, of upanishads especially ishavasa upanishad is completed thank you thank you one and all hare rama